I'm Angel Massey, and you're now with me on Overwilding Podcast. What's up, guys? Can you believe there are less than 30 days until 2023? This year has flown by so incredibly quick that many of us haven't had time to slow down and process, myself included. But quick life update here. In about a week, I will be a certified mindful outdoor guide. I've been low-key taking classes and a part of a cohort at Kerpalu for my certification. And the plan is to open an outfitters out here in Colorado. Um, And I'm sure you're wondering, like, hold up, what's a mindful outdoor guide? It's an individual who leads people to rediscover their connection with nature, connection with self, and learn to commune with the more than human world, using mindfulness to access that sense of calm, peace, and connection. And it's cool because it marries my love for mindfulness with my love for the outdoors, and it gives me uh, something meaty to grab onto and to do and to give back in this community um, in a place that's so beautiful to guide. So uh, more on that later. But uh, new beginnings, right? I'll give more details when um, time goes on. And so you guys can, if you're not weird or something, <laughs> come out here and maybe be guided by me so I can show you the land and help you feel peace and calm. But as the new year approaches, it's time for us to take a look at our wellness practices, our self-care routines, and tighten them up. That's what you want to do when the new year comes. Um, It's a mark in time. And of course, time is another social construct if you want to get all university and heady here. But it's a great way to reassess uh, your habits, your rituals and uh, your routine. So in this new year, it's time to recommit or commit to self-care, self-compassion, and carve out time for you to slow down the business of doing. And that's something that you can really gift yourself for the new year. Some of you may be saying, that's all well and good, but I'm feeling self-care fatigue. Well, then let's look at some new rituals to incorporate into your routine. Let's look to the wellness pros of the past and do a little dive into the ancient wellness rituals of Egypt. Sparkling sands and rolling dunes caressing the landscape like golden silk on soft curves. Mighty and majestic pyramids looming in a night sky, seeming to overtake the sun. Ships with fragrant spices, animal cargo, and royalty floating down the River Nile mystery and mysticism in an ancient world. Great civilizations thousands of years ago whose wisdom and discovery is still influencing our own. Pharaonic dynasties and kingdoms. This, if you haven't guessed, is Egypt. And while pyramids, pharaohs, and Cleopatra are probably what you first think of when you think about Egypt, what you probably don't know is that many of our modern day wellness practices come from the country. Come along with me as we discuss ancient Egyptian wellness practices and how we can incorporate some of these rituals into our own self-care routine. So we all know that Egypt boasts one of the most ancient civilizations on earth and essential to their culture was the study and creation of rituals to combat mental and physical disease and disease. In fact, they viewed illness as a fight between good and evil. And 
In a lot of ways, that is the straight up truth. You got to admit, often we are unhappy or unbalanced mentally, and that imbalance can show up for us physically in the form of a messed up GI tract, a headache, physical aches and pains, and it works the other way as well. Stress, negative energy, and imbalance mentally slows our healing physically. So they were clearly on to something. And lucky for us, because of the early sophistication of their society, a lot of these ancient practices were recorded for our knowledge today. You see, Egyptian doctors and medicine men, who were also priests at the time, believed that the mind, body, and soul were connected to and consisted of a channel system, or metu as they called it, and that all roads led back to the heart. It's kind of if you... uh, want to think about it this way, like chakras. I'm sure that you've heard of uh, chakras. Uh, Hinduism and tantric Buddhism, um, it, chakras are a philosophy of that, and they believe that there are energy centers, and when those energy centers are blocked, uh, that's where you have physical or mental imbalance. So it's kind of kind of like that. Um, and Who knows which one came first? I'm sure someone actually knows which one came first, but they're very similar. Anyway, this channel theory says that the heart is the source. It speaks out to each part of the body. And so the heart is the way to heal. So the Egyptian wellness practices I'm about to tell you about are all at their core about taking a mind-body approach to wellness, something that Western wellness rituals have long borrowed from. So when I was researching this topic, of course, there were a myriad of rituals and medicines that um, the ancient Egyptian culture used and espoused and all that. Um, But I kind of wanted to only talk about the ones that were something that would be super accessible to you wherever you are. So you can engage in these wellness rituals and practices from your home. Uh, So grab a journal or your notes app up and you might want to write these down Um, and like, let's go over to Egypt and see what wellness stuff they have for us. So the first is Smytawi. Now, let me preface (laughs) this discussion by saying that I cannot speak Egyptian Arabic. And so if my pronunciation is off, you got to give me some grace because your girl is trying. So, Smaitawi or Kemetic Yoga, and Kemet is the original name for Egypt, in case you hear me say that a lot during this discussion. Also, a word that you'll hear me say a lot is pharaonic, and it just means of pharaohs. So, so Kemetic Yoga. Yoga is one of the most celebrated wellness practices around the world. But did you know that a form of it came from Egypt known as Smaitawi? Tawi or Kemetic Yoga, this practice combines breathing techniques, meditation, and physical movement to achieve a deep mind-body relaxation and balance. That already sounds good. That already sounds like a little mental vacation. But the movements and philosophies of this yogic practice were derived from ancient hieroglyphics, temple carvings, and paintings. So literally on temple carvings and paintings, you would see these depictions of these yogic poses. 
Its current form was popularized by Dr. Asar Hapi in the 70s. The belief is that the breathing practices of Kemetic Yoga activate the energy centers along the spine and brain to achieve enlightenment. Remember, we were talking about the channel theory, how um, they believed that there were channels leading from the heart all over the body. So in Kemetic Yoga, um, the breathing practices would activate these channels. Whether you believe it or not, we do know that slow, mindful, deep breathing activates the parasympathetic nervous system, also known as the rest and digest system, which signals our brain activity to slow and our heart rate to decrease. So literally, we know that deep breathing, and specifically what uh, my uh, teacher in at Kripalu, um, Micah, calls the long exhale, we know that exhaling Breathing in a deep, uh, a deep and gentle in breath, and then a long exhale activates this system. Okay, I got it out. <laughs> it activates this system, and it literally signals to the brain, the heart, mind, body, soul that all is well. We can calm down, or we can enter that system where our bodies are resting and I in digesting. All great things, my friends. But anyway, you can find some comedic yoga flows on YouTube, and I'll be sure to link you to some on my Instagram. Work this into your self-care routine and let me know how it goes. I'm definitely going to do that because I enjoy um, kundalini yoga, which is also an, uh, another form of yoga that helps to activate the energy centers. Um, but it, that one rather has to do with chakras. So The next ancient Egyptian wellness practice is a milk and honey bath. And you might have heard of this. Um, Egyptian queen Cleopatra was known for being this queen with a deep sexual prowess, even though today we know that um, patriarchal uh, standards of writing down history probably may have over-sexualized her a bit. But hey, I mean, she might have also been very tapped into her feminine energy. But anyway, a part of the lore and legend of her beauty upkeep were these milk and honey baths. She would use the soured milk of donkeys, yep, the soured milk of donkeys, laced with honey and rose oil to bathe in on a daily basis. And while in our modern society, we probably don't have access to donkey milk, or we might from wherever you are, we can still utilize this beauty ritual by mixing a mixture of, and I'll give you like two seconds to write this down, a mixture of two to one to one full fat milk, baking soda, and cornstarch or powdered milk, and you can mix those together in a mason jar or a vessel and hold them aside for your milk and honey bath. So uh, that was the recipe. Add it to your bath along with essential oils. Uh, the benefits. Milk contains lactic acid, which is an alpha hydroxy acid that dissolves the proteins which hold together dead skin cells. So basically, by soaking in this bathtub, you are taking off that dead layer of top skin, which sounds gross, but hey, we're here for the results, for, <laughs> for the soft skin results. But it takes off that first layer of dead skin and reveals something glorious and beautiful and soft underneath. Also, the fats and milks in milk cling to the skin for like a soft and supple, but not greasy result. So we want that beautiful skin. It's all about the skin these days anyway. 
Um, anyway, now we can't take a milk bath every day like Cleopatra because who has the time? And if you do, hey, kudos to you. But we can work this into our wellness routine at least once a month. Relax and woosah, knowing that you and Cleopatra have something in common. Oh, and by the way, make sure you rinse off after this treatment because we all know that milk <laughs> quickly gets funky, but also, and it can irritate your more sensitive parts. So you want to wash it off after you've taken this bath. And also, if you're a vegan or a vegetarian, then coconut milk is a perfectly suitable replacement for cow milk. You know, you can't. That those animal proteins and that lactic acid, you want to get that benefit. So, but I respect what you believe. The last, well, the last deep dive into a uh, ancient Egyptian wellness uh, routine that I will give you is the massage. And I know you're saying, hey, you know, there are Swedish massages, there are Balinese massages, Thai massages, but we're talking specifically about this Egyptian massage. Did you know that in ancient Egypt, massages were considered a sacred art? Essential oils like rose, sandalwood, jasmine, chamomile, and mint were used to dissolve tension, stress, and open channels to the mind and heart. The pharaonic massage, as it was called, there's that word, was believed to give harmony to the mind, body, and emotions. I mean, I know a good massage has made me <laughs> feel that way for sure. Um, don't have the time or space to get a massage right now? Well, if you do, book this ancient practice as a means of self-care. And if you don't have the time, I recommend giving yourself a self-massage before bed. You can mix your favorite lotion or body oil with a few drops of rose, sandalwood, jasmine, chamomile, or mint, all essences that originated from Egypt, and massage your feet, massage your ankles, massage your calves, and work your way up if you have time. If I don't have time, I will just make sure I massage my feet, my ankles, and my calves. One, because I can't be ashy around my husband, <laughs> but two, because it feels good after a long way, uh, a long day of carrying around my baby boy Kush or um, working outside on our land or just, you know, going about the business of business. Um, it feels good to release the tension in those tissues and it feels like a little treat. So I encourage you to do it. The release of tissue tension will also help to facilitate a release of tension in your mind and body. And you will definitely thank me later. And oh, I misspoke. I have one more that I want to share with you. And it's not so much a ritual per se. It's more a philosophy. It's more a way of being. Um, and that's releasing negative energy and worries. Ancient Egyptians believed so much in the richness of the afterlife that they entombed their pharaohs, their queens, and priests with gold, silver, jewels, servants, and beer, yes, beer, to take with them into the afterlife. They believed the path to get to the afterlife, a good afterlife, was having a light heart, free of worry, free of guilt. They believed before entering the final judgment that the heart would be weighed against the feather of the Egyptian goddess Ma'at. They believed essential to a good life and afterlife was not letting things weigh you down. This is wellness. 
This is why we do mindfulness. We invest in wellness. We have self-care routines because we want a good life now and we want a good life after if that's what you believe. And we can translate this philosophy into our self-care routine by journaling, by meditation, gratitude practices. All these practices are designed to clear the mind and if not clear the mind, allow you to work through what's on your mind and allow for the spaciousness, that positivity and letting shit go can really allow. My advice, and like I always preface, I am on a journey of self-awareness, self-compassion, um, self-care, just like all of you. So this is just my advice. Take it as you will. Deal with the things that weigh you down head on. Then try to let them go. That's what this ancient Egyptian belief and philosophy is about. Because a light heart is only what is allowed into the afterlife. And if you don't believe in the afterlife, it's easier to carry a light heart than a heavy one. So one of my favorite authors, Toni Morrison, says this in her book, Song of Solomon, which I love. If you want to fly... You got to give up the shit that weighs you down. And uh, those are the practices. Other things that I'll quickly mention um, that Egyptian ancient wellness practitioners, medicine men, priests uh, used were to cure asthma, honey and milk, sesame, and frankincense. So I'm guessing you put those together and drink them, bathe in them. I'm not sure. I'm sorry. But that's what they use Um, for burns and skin disease, aloe, which we still use today. So we definitely got that from them for pain, time. Um, And you will be familiar with time because it's probably something that you have smelled more recently in your Thanksgiving turkey. For digestive problems, mix juniper, mint, garlic, and sandalwood together in a salve that you drink. For bad breath, mint and caraway. For epilepsy, camphor, and for vomiting, to stop vomiting, uh, mint, and to start vomiting, (laughs) mustard seeds. I wonder what they would have used, why they wouldn't want to start vomiting. Hey, I don't know, maybe food poisoning, who knows, All, all sorts of things. But anyway, yeah, those were some of the practices. And like I said, there are way more, but it's always great to look back on the rituals and wellness practices of the past because they inform us of what we can use now because our ancestors obviously survived to tell us about them. And with that, I'll lead you in today's meditation. I invite you to settle into your space. Find a comfortable position on a chair, on the floor. Whatever is available to the body you are in. And when you're ready, close your eyes. Soften your gaze. Or if you're by a window or you're outside that allows you to look out into nature, 
see some nature and do that now. Drop out of your thinking mind and into the body. Let go of any guilt, any shame, any worry, any negativity that may have preceded today's practice. Know that this time is for you. A time that you've carved out for yourself. For self-care. For self-compassion. Allow your jaw to unclench. Your shoulders to fall away from your ears. Relax the point of contact between your eyelids. Unfurl your brow. Roll your shoulders back and down your back. Just relax here. Knowing there's nowhere to go and nothing to do in this moment. But to be present with yourself. Feel into the points of contact between your body and the floor. The cushion you're sitting on. Your feet and the ground. 
imagine yourself rooted there. Imagine yourself deep and grounded into the earth. Imagine roots springing forth from your body, connecting you with the earth below. You are a part of the circle of life. A part of the earth from whence you came. Imagine your limbs as a part of the arms of a great, mighty tree. Whether it's a ponderosa pine, hemlock, an oak tree or palm tree, cottonwood, You are great. You are old with wisdom. Your roots are thick and long and grounded in the earth. You breathe with the earth and all beings. You are deeply rooted. You are green and growing and vibrant. You are strong and unmovable like the great pyramids of Egypt. Breathing in, repeat this to yourself. I am strength. Breathing out, repeat this to yourself. I am rooted in. I am strength.
return your breath back to its natural rhythm. Feel yourself heavy and rooted there. Feel the support the earth offers you. Feel yourself heavy and strong and rooted like a great tree. Oftentimes, the winds and the storms and hail and lightning strikes of our life threaten to knock us down. But we always remember we are strength, that we are strong, that we are rooted like the ancient trees of this earth. No one can move us unless we allow them to. When you're ready, tune into the sounds of the room around you. Move your fingers and toes. Come back to the room. Allow yourself a brief moment of tuning back into your surroundings. Remembering where you are, but carrying that feeling of strength and groundedness and rootedness throughout the day or the night that you're in. Before I say goodbye or masalama in Egyptian Arabic, I'd like to drop a gem from Dr. Muada Ashby, Egyptian author and yoga practitioners, practitioner. And he says that by living a life based on wisdom and truth, one can discover the divinity of the soul, its union to the universe, the supreme peace and contentment, which comes from satisfying the inner drive for self-discovery. And I'll leave y'all with that. Shout out to Cleopatra for the milk and honey baths and shout out to the ancient Egyptian wisdom for bringing us all of the things that I'm sure we use in Western wellness practice that maybe haven't been credited or maybe have. And I hope you guys will incorporate some of these practices that we talked about today in your own self-care routine. And if you do, let me know. I hope this episode served whatever purpose you needed today. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Overwilding. And I just want to say I love being here with y'all. I love talking with y'all. And I definitely love when you interact with me on my social media. So let's keep learning, growing, and healing together. 
If you have a question, want to hear me talk about a topic, bring a particular guest on, email me at info at overwilding.com or angel at theangelera.com. Subscribe to this podcast and visit me at Overwilding or at Angel Era on Instagram. Music by Luciano, recording by Mystery Street Recording, and editing by my friend Jeremy Cosley. Either you're green or growing or ripe and rotting. And on this podcast and in our life, we're always going to choose growth. Sexy ass growth together. Bye-bye.